Welcome to the Tailored Life Podcast, the one and only fitness and nutrition podcast that goes way beyond just training and nutrition. I am your host, Cody McBroom, and with me is my co-host, Travis McQueen. Today we got a Q&A and a, a quick reminder, guys, that the, I guess it's a competition, is still going on. You have one week left before we announce the winners. We're going to announce it either Friday the 16th or the Monday following. Um, go leave us a five-star rating and review on iTunes. We're picking three winners and, uh, of those three winners, you're going to win a custom journal that I designed. So it's a tailored life journal. The prompts are already in it. The cover is sick. It's really dope. And it's going to set you up for your daily morning routine journaling practice. So especially for those of you who don't know what the hell to do with your journal, um, this is a great thing to do. We don't sell these. So this is your opportunity Dude, to get yeah, one. And they're dope. I don't know if it's a competition. It's just a giveaway. Uh, oh, there you go. Giveaway. That's, <laughs> I, I keep thinking, trying to think of the word and I'm like, yeah. It's not a competition because it's not like you have to race there. I'm just yeah. going to pick random people. Yeah. Um, giveaway. Who's, who's the best go. at writing a review? Yeah. I mean, kind of. Uh, I'm going to choose the best one. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So get creative, people. Yeah, get creative. <laughs> Say really nice things. All right. Cool. Um, so we got a ton of questions from the Instagram. Uh, we're going to start off today with one from Alex Williams. What are some ways to build a coaching business and also pick up clients? Well, man, very generic. <laughs> it's a very loaded question. Yeah. Um, I, I, what how, What are some ways to build a coaching business? I mean, that's very okay. So, like, <laughs> here, here's like I think there's a couple there's a couple things I can give you, like strategies I can give you, and yeah. there's a couple principles that every new business owner needs to understand and accept if they want to be successful. Yeah, and I think that's the best way to go about it, right? So, like most of them as well are going to apply to getting clients. If you start a business and you do business the right way, you will get clients. So I'm not going to sit here and say, uh, you know, create this XYZ funnel or marketing or none of that shit, because although those can get clients, that shouldn't be your focus at the beginning. Yeah. Right. So number one thing, if you're going to start a business or you're going to start a coaching business, you're going to start coaching period understand why the fuck you want to do it plain and simple i mean if you don't have a, a driven why and purpose behind coaching if you didn't get your life changed through coaching if you haven't experienced the feeling of being coached successfully like you got to start there you know those things are what fuel people to be a coach nobody steps into this going all right i'm gonna get out of college and i'm gonna get rich I'm going to be a coach. Yeah. Nobody does that. It's online fitness coach. Online fitness coach, yeah. even more so, right? Um, which is very funny because like once upon a time, it was like, all right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to own a gym. That's how I'm going to do it. And I, I, it's actually probably like harder to be rich that route, to mm -hmm. be honest with you. Um, I mean, overhead, liabilities, oh, yeah. it's, just, it's just tough. And yeah. then you're limited to your town, you know, which is why I wanted to go online. I was like, I want to reach more people than Seattle. Like yeah. I want to keep expanding. But I think it starts by being affected by coaching first, right? So you have to go back to that. So if you're, and this is where I think that people, if you're going into coaching and you're like, I've been an athlete all my life, I'm naturally gifted, I'm naturally fit, man, you got to go hire a coach. You have to go through a transformation personally, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, something to feel what it feels like to change, yeah. Otherwise, I don't think you're going to have the passion and the willpower and the discipline and, and the relatability to really create something epic, to be completely transparent because in a sense, you were handed it, right? I mean, 
don't get me wrong, you worked hard, but if if your parents put you into sports at a young age and you were just a, became a freak athlete because you started so young, which I'm definitely doing to my daughter, so yeah. don't get me wrong. Like, it's a smart move as a parent. Get them in sports young. It's, it's very great for their developmental stage. It's going to set them up for the future, everything. Longevity, health, fitness, everything. But if that's the, that that's the only driver, the only people you're going to relate to is other people who are kind of genetic freaks or they're just natural athletes or they get lean super easy. They don't have as much adversity inside of the journey of fitness. And the problem with that is not only that you don't relate to them, which is hard to sell them, market them, relate to them, connect with them. But the people you attract don't need you as much realistically Mm. because they're like, dude, I got this. I'm natural. Like I naturally stay lean. It's easy for me. So the people that are most influential in the coaching space have had a crazy physical transformation, a crazy mental transformation, have gone through a crazy spiritual journey, something that took them from not so good to great. And they had adversity, they had struggle, they had uh, uh, some reason to give them empathy in the future. So before you even start, I think you have to reel it back to that. And if you don't have that already, you got to go seek that, which comes from coaching. Yeah. And find that trait to be able, like you said, empathy. Uh, be empathetic. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. And that's the only way you can relate to the person. So once you have that, you kind of have your foundation. Now, some ways to start a business. I think first and foremost, you got to have a business plan. Like, what are you after, right? And this is the same thing with, with weight loss. You can't go into weight loss winging it, mm-hmm. right? And this is why, like, there's a lot of coaching companies that uh, somebody will sign up and they get started and they go, here's your macros, here's your calories, right? And uh, reach out in a week and let me know how you're doing and... If you have any questions, let me know. And it's like, that's it, right? No guidance, no roadmap, no blueprint, no what next step there is, no advice on, hey, you're going to experience this. This is going to be hard. Like, you're going to have to really grind your teeth for this. Like, when we start people, we want to give them that same idea, that business plan, right? So when we start people, it's, it's more than here's your macros, get after it. You know, let me know how it goes. Let me know if you have a question. It's Here's your macros. Here's why these are your macros. Here's how these macros are going to pan out. Here's when they're going to change. Here's how they're going to change most likely because you can't predict everything. These are the phases we want to take you through. These are when those phases are most likely going to happen. Here's how the transition is. Here's nutrient timing. Here's what this looks like. Here's what this means. Here's what this looks like. Like everything that we can like really map out, right? Every road, every turn, every path, every roadblock, every speed bump so that you know what you're getting into. Totally. Business is the same way. You're going into this and you're going to create a business plan. You better know what the hell you're going to do. You want to know what you're going to achieve. Like to the, to the point where you go, and, and I know some people think it's cheesy to be like, oh yeah, five-year plan, three-year plan. You have to have that. If you don't have that, you don't have a North Star. So I think it's funny when people say that because there's a lot of people in the business world that will argue. It's like, you're thinking, you think about your three-year plan so much that you're not present in the now or you're not focused on it. And I get that. I understand like you have to take actions in the moment and most likely your three-year plan will not be the same in a year from now because things change. Things adapt. Things go quicker than you thought. Things go slower than you thought. You can't tell. But if you don't have that three-year plan, you don't have a North Star. Totally. Where are you even going? You know, when I was interning, my goal was to have an online fitness business. I didn't know exactly what it would look like, and it looks much different now than I thought it would, but I had my North Star. So when I have my North Star, I go, okay, the type of person who runs this business does these things, yeah. acts this way, creates these things, helps these people, gets in front of these people, right? Learns these things. Okay, I have something I can reverse engineer from. Yeah. So you have to have that big vision, that North Star that you can start heading towards. Um, Even if you have that North Star, you 
like you said, you have that that three-year goal. Whatever you're doing in the moment in that time to work towards that three-year goal, like you said, it, it will change within six months or a, a year. But in the moment, you have to work towards something. Yeah. Something. Or else you have no idea why yeah. you're... And when it changes, work towards that new... Yeah. Adapt. Yeah. Yeah. Because otherwise, what are you taking action on? Yeah. You have no idea what to take action on. So... That's huge, having that big plan. And then obviously boiling it down to a short, shorter plan too. It's like, okay, well, if this is where I want to go, what do I do for the next one, two, three months, one year, two year, three year? You know, you can you can boil it down to, to shorter periods. Um, and then ultimately, man, I think it's like, I think the, the biggest, the best advice I can give to anybody, not even who just wants to create a coaching business, but the best advice I can give to anybody who wants to achieve anything that is worthy of anything, Anything that is meaningful, anything that is is a challenge, anything that is going to reward you, that's going to create success in your life is to be extremely patient. I did this podcast already, but accepting difficult things, that's huge. Be a patient, be uh, ready to accept difficult things in the process. And you have to, this is huge, you have to be okay with and, and almost be less frustrated with the work than where you are right now, right? Because this happens in fat loss all the time. People are extremely frustrated with their body, right? They're frustrated with where they're at. They want change, but they're more frustrated with what it takes to get there. See, and you can be annoyed, you can hate, you can, you can not love, you can be unappreciative, you can be frustrated with where you're at right now. You can look in the mirror and be like, I do not like what I see. But you hate the idea of doing the work so much that you're not willing to do the work to create or get out of that hate and pain. Yeah. And I think that's the problem, right? So if you're going to create anything big, if you're going to achieve anything amazing, you have to hate where you're at right now enough or love the idea of where you could go so much that it overpowers the difficulty and the frustration of the work that's required. Plain and simple. Because I think the biggest thing that holds people back, it's that, it's that work in the middle. That's the hard shit. That's the shit that you wake up, you got to do and you don't want to do. That's the late nights and early mornings. That's all the stuff that is required for fat loss. It's the meal prep. It's the gym. It's the cardio. It's the supplements. It's the investment, right? It's restriction because you got to restrict some stuff if you're going to lose weight. It's just part of it, right? In business, it's, it's grinding. It's hard work. It's sacrifice. It's sacrificing balance sometimes. Yeah. But if you're not willing to do that, you're not willing to create success. Yeah. Plain and simple. You're not creating a business. You're not creating a business. That's for damn sure. <laughs> um, and it's... And I, and I want to make this clear too, because I hear this on podcasts all the time too. Um, and they, and I hear people that do this and hear people that don't do this. And I appreciate the ones who do. So I want to follow that suit too. It's not all bad, right? A lot of times you almost hear fear mongering from entrepreneurs, right? Where they're like, if you're not willing to eat dirt, if you're not willing to sacrifice, if you're not willing to uh, not sleep, like everything I just said, basically, yeah. this isn't made for you. And you're like, okay, so it's actually not that cool or enjoyable. <laughs> like you don't like the process. Obviously I love it. And all these other people do too. But the caveat here is this, like it's, it's not to impress you. It's to impress upon you. It, it's not to scare you. It's to warn you. And not everybody is that person and that's okay. And not everybody needs to go through that. Right. And every goal has a different degree of how hard you need to get to that. But the point is, is no matter what it is in your life that you're after, it will require hard things, period. So some people will listen to this and they don't want to start a business. So take this advice for your weight loss goal, for your, your relationship goal, for your spiritual goal, for your personal goal, for your career, your finance, your, your body, whatever. Life. Life. 
if you want to achieve anything great in life, that's what it is. So if you listen to this and you're like, yeah, I definitely don't want to do that shit. Okay, business, it, you might not be an entrepreneur. That's fine. But if you want to transform, if you want to lose 50 pounds, you want to get really jacked, you want abs, it's the same thing. Yep. There's being able to say no or yes, I guess, being able to say yes to hard things and no to fun, easy things yep. or like laziness and compliance and comfort, that's what is required, you know? Um, now, how to get clients was the second part of the question. <laughs> just do what I just said. Yeah. If you could, if you have the passion to follow everything I just said and you, you have a mentality of giving value over creating income, you don't need to worry about anything else. Create value. And this is actually something- In all that, different ways. In all different ways. Just do more than what is expected. Go above and beyond, no matter what. That's like our motto, right? It's like, okay, well, if we sell this, okay, we got to do this, which is just above that at least, you know? And anytime you have an opportunity to create more value in somebody's life, you do it just because. And you're never too big to do the grunt work at the end of the day, you know? For the team guy, we were the ones cleaning still, this place. You're still human, yeah. I, I took out the garbage yesterday and I replaced the toilet paper today. <laughs> like, we, we don't have a huge staff here, obviously, but the point is, is like, you do what you have, you do everything. You're never too big to respond to emails. You're never too big to get on calls. You're never too big to do any part of the business until you're ready to leave the business. Mm. And when you're that big, you're on a completely different level. You know what I mean? But I think the point is, is you're willing to do whatever it takes. You're willing to do every part of the process. And I think that's the key. If you have that attitude, it's just, it's just a lot easier to get clients because yeah. you're just real and you're authentic and you're putting out good value and you're helping people. And then the other thing that somehow gets missed <laughs> More often than not, it's sad that I even have to say this, be a good coach. Like actually be smart at coaching. You know, so many people are so focused on uh, followers and business tactics and doing what other people say because they have a following or a big business. But the truth is they're not even giving you real value as a coach. Like do you really know the science of nutrition? There's so much guruism and pseudoscience out there that – me and me and Brandon, our CSO, had a conversation the other day about how there's a lot of certifications and workshops right now that they're not the best. They're not that great. They're actually promoting false information. Mm. I shouldn't say false information, exaggerated information. Oh, there you go. Um, and there's a lot of gurus and stuff like talking about research and studies and evidence, and they're they're literally interpreting it incorrectly. And it's sad because I'm not one to call people out publicly, but like me and Brandon sit here and I ask him questions. I'm like, hey, what do you think about this? And he's, I mean, he's a PhD researcher. And he's like, yeah, oh, that's actually incorrect. That's not how you read that. And I'm like, damn. I mean, they, they said that with a lot of confidence. And I mean, I read it. I didn't, I, even me sometimes, I'm like, I don't, I don't know if that's 100% true, but I can't call him out. I don't know if that's wrong. Brandon's a perfect person to filter through that. And that's why we have him. We filter everything through him. But it just goes to show there's so much misinformation out there. So if you're a coach and you're not doing the right certifications and you haven't looked into the certification and looked at the background and looked at the research and you have ways of interpreting research and stuff like that, or a coach who knows it well, mentor, you got to get on that. Yeah. Because like all of this shit I'm talking about doesn't matter if you're not a great coach, period. This is why I used to always say you should be an in-person trainer before you're an online coach. Get experience and learn how to coach, do the certifications, do the workshops, work with difficult people, get good at coaching. Then you can worry about business. Boom. Boom. Absolutely. That's good, man. All right, cool. We will go to the next question here. It's from uh, Will Holland. It says, any tips or advice to help clients with compliance? Man. I think the first thing. Building trust. Yeah, but before before any of that, dude, before building trust, before education, the things that I was going to say, which both of those are the two, two main things I was going to say, 
it, and, and actually doing what you're preaching, right? Like walking the talk, but it's attracting the right people. I think that I just had a conversation with somebody about this. Um, when you're not, it, when your clients aren't adhering, um, and she's actually a client of ours and she just happened to be a coach. And so I was talking to her and I told her like, you know, if you're, if you're not putting out the right information publicly, then you will attract the people who assume it takes something that it, different to get there. Right. So, and what I mean by that is like, let's say if I'm posting pictures and videos and I look super lean and I'm not really giving insight into what I do to get there. And then I'm posting pictures of my family and, you know, general stuff. And then maybe I talk about like habits and people apply cause they're like, Oh, I can get some habits and I just got to work out like he does and I'll get it. Yeah. You know? Or, or they're like, I want to know how they get that way. And I'm not telling. So then they come on board and I'm like, Hey, you gotta track macros. You gotta use a spreadsheet. We're going to periodize. And they're like, Whoa, I don't want to do all that shit. Or they say, okay, I'll do it. And then they're not even ready for that shit. So now what's happening is, is I'm putting out information that isn't transparent or aligned with what I actually do to get here. And it confuses people. So when they come on board, it requires something that they don't, didn't realize it's going to require. Totally. And they're not ready. So it's not that they don't want to comply. They literally don't know how to comply because they haven't been educated enough. They don't know what it takes. They stepped into this thinking it was something else. So it starts by being open, transparent, and honest in your public content because that's essentially in and with people who are in your life. When they ask you like what you do, tell them this hard shit it takes, you know, because realistically it's, it's pretty, it's pretty simple to track macros. It's actually really easy. It takes five minutes a day. It's, it's really not rock science. It's very simple to track your food. However, for people who have never done it before or don't know about macros, it seems like a very daunting task. So I'm not going to start somebody out on that if they're not ready for that. So part of it is being open and honest with what you actually do to get there. So when you attract people, you attract people because you're talking about what you teach, what you coach, and what you do. So when they come on board, they're ready for that because they understand that. Versus somebody just sees that you're fit and wants to come on board. They don't know what you do or what it takes or how you coach. So share your coaching principles. Share your tactics publicly so they know coming into it. Um, then it's education, right? Educate them on what it takes, how to do it, so on and so forth. Like, why are you tracking macros? What's the purpose? How are we going to do it? How are we setting up your diet? Um, give them as much information as you can because you want them to be able to do it without you, essentially. You want to almost like work yourself out of a job yeah. is how your mentality should be as a coach. Um, and then after that, then I think it's, it's like you said, it's, it's trust, it's connection, it's relatability. So it's actually doing what you're telling them to do. They see you doing it too. So it's not just like, hey, I'm just going to tell you to do shit. And it's not what I do. You know, I don't track macros, but you should. Like, you got to live what you preach, you yeah. know? Being honest. Being honest. Yeah. Um, and that's it. I think, like, realistically, I think that's really what, what it comes down to. You know, slowing down and, and giving it step by step, being real about it, and just educating them properly um, on the front end. A lot of people come to us after they've tried other things. And I think that's why they come on board and they're, they're ready to track macros. And they're ready to be compliant because... I'm so honest and open in my content of like, hey, you got to track. You got to weigh your food. We're going to periodize. Like there is some science involved. There's some numbers. You're going to have to track some shit. Like there's data involved. It's not, it doesn't need to be overwhelming. We'll teach you how to make it simple and stress-free. But at the end of the day, you know, it requires numbers. Like it's, all, it's like the whole budget conversation. Like the only way to, to save money or invest or anything is to look at the numbers have analytics and data in front of you and determine what you need to do. Adjust things, right? You got to tweak things. You need numbers. You need mm. data. Um, it, you can't wing it. 
You know, you, you don't intuitively fill your gas tank because you think you've been driving for quite a while. Totally. No, you have a fucking gas meter <laughs> and it tells you yeah. you're empty. Yep. Fill up. So we need metrics for everything in life. That's just how success works. And your body's no different. And I'm open about that. So when people come on board, they know the, they know the scoop, right? But part of it too is there's people that hear it and they, they're not ready for that. Mm. So what do they do? They go try other things. They go try Weight Watchers. They go try Atkins. They go try Keto. They go try Intermittent Fasting. They try the 30-Day Challenge um, that they see from somebody else or the 21-Day whatever. None of it works. Or it works, and then they gain the weight back. What happens then? They come back to us months later, and they go, okay, I've tried this, this, and this. I'm ready to do what you said. I'm ready to track the numbers. I'm ready to learn. I'm ready to take the time and be compliant and, and invest my effort into something that may be more tedious in my mind, but it's proven by data and your client roster over the last decade that this shit works plain and simple so um and that's why when we interview clients after they leave or during we've like asked them questions and we haven't filled out surveys and stuff 90 percent of them or more had been dieting for three plus years they've tried this damn three years dude wow yeah everybody of not working not working not working it is extremely rare for us to get a client that has never tried to diet before well it also what's the definition of not working like you said it might work but the sustainability is not there. So is that yeah. working? Doesn't last. There you go. Yeah. It either doesn't work or it doesn't last. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, or it doesn't <laughs> it doesn't last even long enough for it to work, meaning they fell off after a week because it's so unsustainable. Yeah. Like they're like, I can't even stick to keto for a week. So I you know, I, it, maybe it would have worked. Yeah. But I, I didn't even have it what it takes to give it a chance. Um but yeah, like people people usually come to us after they've tried things, which means that being open and honest about what we do it gives those people who have tried other things a chance to find something that actually works. Totally. And so I think, it go, again, it comes back to being open and honest on the front end, um, even if that means people don't sign up with you, but they might later on. Yep. You know, and that's where the patience from the last question comes in. You got to be patient. Yep. You know, you got to be really patient. There's been clients that have not hired us because I've flat out said, I'm not going to put you in a diet. You're not ready. You're not ready. Yeah. Like, we got to go at maintenance. We got to get health first. And uh, they... There's some of them, they never come back. Some of them, they come back later on, but that's my integrity. That's every coach on my team's integrity. And which it should be. Mm-hmm. Every coach yeah. should be that way. And, and it, go, it just goes to show, like, it, it's about going above and beyond to make sure that they understand what it takes, what's required. Dude, I just had a conversation with Brian about this this morning. Um, we do, when somebody signs up for coaching, you click the link, you fill out the application, we reach out to you, we set up a 30-minute call. You know, spend 20, 30 minutes diving into you, learning about you, all that stuff. Sometimes it goes a little bit over. That's fine. We, we're, we're totally okay with like the whole value thing. Yeah. Go a little bump beyond. H- hour and a half. Right. His, his call was. Hour and a half. Good. Yeah. Why? That's Be- so dope. Dude, because the lady had more questions. The lady was unsure. The lady needed to know more. Info. She, she wasn't, maybe she wasn't ready at first. Maybe, yeah. maybe she's the type that I was just talking. I don't know everything about her. So like maybe she was the type where she didn't 100% know what she was getting into or what would work, what didn't work. Maybe she's done everything in the past. Maybe she hasn't done anything at all. I don't know. But she needed an hour and a half of his time, and he gave it to her. Yeah. Which is three calls. It's three calls. Yeah. And by the way, people, we don't charge. Yes. It's free because we don't, we're not going to charge you to talk to us at first. We want to make sure you're a good fit for us, just like we're a good fit for you. Totally. But um, that's what she needed. You know, she needed explanation. Education. Yeah. And... Brian goes above and beyond, obviously. Yeah. All the time. Maybe she was a little bit surprised on some of the aspects and wanted more explanation. And Yeah, and that usually happens when yeah. somebody's not selling you. Like, <laughs> I wrote this in my newsletter today. I was like, Brandon uh, Roberts, our CSO, is so um, 
I was like, he can't lie. Like he can't lie about evidence. He will always tell the blunt truth about science and what works, what doesn't work. What, what's the reality of fallacy, everything. So much so that his answer might be the most boring and unsexy sellable thing ever. Totally. But it's the truth. But it's science. It's science. science and it's the truth. Yeah. That's why like, so the email was basically, it'll go out tomorrow as we're recording this, but basically it's like, uh, um, the four things that you don't have to worry about nearly as much as, uh, gurus on Instagram make you believe. Oh, yeah. Right. So one of them was, uh, intermittent fasting. One of them was artificial sweeteners, blah, blah, blah. But it's, it's like intermittent fasting can sound super sexy and interesting and it's very sellable and it's like this tactic and it's going to promise all these health benefits. But like the reality is, is, I mean, 99% of the health benefits come from a calorie deficit and, and losing body fat yeah. to make you healthier. Um, and all, 99% of the, the negatives of intermittent fasting happen when you diet for too long or you lose too much body fat, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's just like which one hits you first, right? Because intermittent fasting, you can experience those sooner because you're in that fast state. But point being is like I said, like Brandon will keep it so real that it's like almost like bad marketing. Yeah. You know, it's like, damn, this is not sellable. Whereas intermittent fasting, we can like, <laughs> we can spice up some of these benefits, quote unquote, that really aren't that evidence-based but they sound really cool. Yeah. You know, also but that's telling somebody that they're not ready to go on a diet when they want to come to a diet company or to a, lose fat a nutrition and company. Yeah. And I'm like, Hey, you got to wait yeah. on your goals. That's great marketing. <laughs> Horrible. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but that's the point. Like yeah. that's, I mean, that's integrity, man. Yeah. Um, telling the truth about science is integrity. Yeah. And yeah. so like talk about compliance, build that trust. Yeah. If you're willing to do that, you build an immense amount of trust with somebody. Totally. And Worst case, and you get the clientele that you want. Yeah, and worst case, you don't right now, but they come back later. Either way, you end up with a good client base. Totally. So, cool, man. All right, let's uh, move on to the next question. We have. uh, Let's see here. Comes from Ash Ashley Senex. Where to start after being two months completely off track with nutrition? Right where you left off. That was exactly actually what I was going to say. Really? I think the only thing it would depend on is, um, depends on why you stop dieting, mm. right? So normally I would say just pick up right where you left off because a lot of times what people do is, you know, they're eight weeks in their diet, they're losing weight, maybe they're down eight pounds, pound a week, it's pretty <clears> you know, it's standard and they diet well for eight weeks and then they fall off and yeah. they're like, fuck, I overate for two weeks straight, I'm off, I gained some weight, I need to jump into a bigger deficit and do yeah. more cardio yeah. to catch back up. I wouldn't do that. I would pick up right where you left off. There's no, excuse me. There's no sense in going to extremes, pick up right where you left off. Yeah. It's going to work because it was working. And if you go to an extreme, that's going to lead to another two week bender and binge episode later on, because you're going to overstress your system. You're going to diet too hard too soon. There's no reason for it. However, there is the time where if you complete a 24 week diet, you get like, photo shoot ready, you get like really lean, leaner than you've ever been. You fall off after that for two weeks. I wouldn't jump right where you left off because by the time you finish a 24 week diet and get super lean, your body is spent. Yeah. You're super lean. You're physiologically just taxed. You need a diet break. So I would pick up where you left off with your routines, with your training, with your sleep, with your supplements, with your food quality, but I wouldn't go back to as big of a deficit. Yeah. I would go into a midway point. So your old maintenance is way up here. Your current deficit is way down here. I would go in the middle. So it's like that you start that reverse diet process. You lost two weeks of effort sucks, but that's, I mean, that's what it is. I mean, yeah, it happened, you know, and it probably happened because you probably went too far on the diet in that situation. 
Yeah. But on a simpler scale, like, um, same idea as like a, in the midweek, like say you fall off every, every, every week on Thursday. Yeah. Like people have asked, like, I remember, I think we were doing that episode with, I'm maybe wrong, but I think it was Jared Hamilton. But, uh, they're saying like, okay, I fall off on Thursday. Like, should I wait until Monday to start again? Yeah. Whether it be a two month, uh, fall off after two months or four days. Do I start again on Monday or just start again? Today. Soon, yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Tomorrow. Yeah, you fell off today, start tomorrow. He, like, remember he was like, man, if you don't brush your teeth for two days, do you wait until the next week yeah. to brush your teeth? Yeah. <laughs> you know? Hell no. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. Um, he had some funny analogies too. He had one about, he's like, I'm not a parent, but like something about babies and I was yeah. cracking up. I was like, as a parent, I would never say that, but I get your point. Yeah, the analogy. It's hilarious. Um, but anyway. that's, I mean, that's exactly it. Yeah. Like, it, and here's the thing too, is like, if you fall off every Thursday, don't go, Oh shit, I'll just enjoy this weekend. And then yeah. pick back. No, like start now, just yeah. get back to it. Results you, will still be there. Yeah. If you get back to a Friday and then you fall off again, Saturday, get back to it Sunday. Yeah. Like the point is, is habits, habits and figuring out why the fuck you fell off. Yeah. Right. The faster you get back on, the less likely you are to fall off in the first place, period. Because the more consistent days you have in a row of being on point, the less likely you are to fall off. Yeah. Period. Consistency yep. is is that it's that habit tracker, right? Yep. How many X's can you mark on the calendar? Plain and simple. Yep. Um, you want that consistency streak. Now, I think the other side of this too is if I fall off every Thursday, why the fuck is this happening on Thursday? Yeah. What's happening on Wednesday that would cause us on Thursday? Or what's happening during the day Thursday that causes us Thursday night? Right? There's something that's going on. If it's every Saturday, okay. You obviously have a weekend, social weekend issue, right? Do we want to remove some of the social aspects? Do we want to create boundaries within the social aspect? Or do we want to make more restrictions during the week so you can have more flexibility on the social aspect of Saturday? Either way, in the grand scheme of things, it's all ways to control your weekly caloric intake and help you consistently see your results. You just got to figure out what it is that's causing you to fall off. Yeah. And then and then stick to it some way, shape, or form. Create yeah. a strategy that allows you to get through it. Um, that goes back to but results. Like you said earlier, results require challenge. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Maybe taking out social events. Yeah. yeah. I mean, to an extent, you might have to. Yeah. And if, if, if you're not willing to do that, which I understand because some people aren't, then you got to figure out how to fit it in. Yeah. You know, what do you want more? There your you results go. or your social event? Yeah. And if you can't decide, okay, what do you want more? Both of those things or more calories throughout the week? Because I know for me, I would rather cut calories during the week if that meant I can have way more calories on Saturday because I don't like restriction on Saturday. Like, I do date night on Saturdays. Or if I'm not doing date night, I will go out with you guys or somebody. Mm-hmm. It's either that or that. Usually mm-hmm. it's day night, obviously, but I don't want to be like, I only have a thousand calories to play with at night. You know, like I w- I'm going to like pull back a little bit during the day. So I have more room. I just don't want to like worry about it. Yep. I want to have, if I want even on seven glasses of wine, yep. I'm going to have seven glasses of wine. If I want the whole fucking cheese board, I'm going to have the whole damn cheese board. How do I make that happen? Yeah. I adjust the week. I adjust Sunday. I adjust something to be able to make that work. Yep. Period. You know, um, so it, it just comes down to, it's a give or take, give and take somewhere. Totally. You know? All right, cool. Uh, next one comes from Matt, Max Athletics. It says, important things to include in a client onboarding email. Good question. It is a good question. Um, as much as you possibly can without overwhelming the client. I think for a long time, people believe that like less is better because you didn't want to overwhelm people. But the truth is, is people hire a coach. They want information. Yeah. They want. Hopefully. Wait, the client wants information or the coach wants both. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully the coach. I mean, wants it's, information. Yeah, yeah, it's bad if you don't, yeah. <laughs> but the client wants something tangible. So if you send them like 
barely nothing because you want to start simple. I understand the philosophy, but at the same time, they just paid for a service. They expect something to come to them in routine that gives them kind of like that wow factor, Yeah, you know? So give them something. Ours is pretty complex, but I, you know, you explain to them why it's complex. Yeah. And, and they, it's broken down in yeah. a simple format, which is why, like, I think the way we deliver it is the key. Totally. Um, and that's not something I can really share on the podcast, not because I'm trying to keep secrets, but it's it's an art of coaching thing. Yeah. Like, it, it's it's the way we do things that makes it so approachable and, and easy to understand, even though it is complex and we're kind of going above and beyond with information. But things to include inside of a client onboarding, I mean, their diet, their training, their uh, – and, and the process of tracking – metrics the process of updating weekly instructions on communication um things like that things like that like those are the tangible things yeah. but i think the the important thing is not what you deliver it's how you deliver it yeah that's the most important thing because what we do different than most companies is we deliver it the way we deliver it the way we explain it the way we educate through it the way we communicate it effectively to them the way we open the door for communication about the plan after the fact that's what matters yeah you know the multiple calls before the plan is even started, the call after the plan is started, the the process of presenting the plan to them, like that's the kind of shit that I think separates good from great coaches. Yeah. Um, that was a huge common compliment. No, that was a huge common like <clears throat> trait that you know, when the team was in town, they mm-hmm. were saying that we get such good feedback about yeah. like people appreciate the way we present that. I, well, and I've always like kind of, I mean. In one sense, I'm like, if if you making your a first impression on somebody is everything, yeah, yeah. right? And and I've recognized that in life a lot because you always know the first time you meet somebody, what do you do? You you leave and you reflect and you Analyze, think about, yeah. do I like this person? Yeah, yeah. If you have a significant other, you leave and you're like, did you like that person? Yeah. <laughs> and you talk about like yeah. what you felt. So how do you think it is when somebody gets the 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 packed for them? You know, and and even more importantly, how is somebody gonna like the the word of mouth thing? is most important in this scenario. If you want to impact more people and you want your clients to be so happy they tell other people, like they're more likely to tell other people if they're just shocked at the value on the front end than if you get them to reflect after six months and go, damn, actually I've had a really good experience. Of course they're going to tell people about it, but it's it's like slow drip, mm-hmm. you know, and that's all you can do. Over six months, you slowly drip value as much as you can. And hopefully you do that enough to where you should get referrals without even having to ask for referrals which is kind of what we lean on is like, we want to be so good. We don't even ask for them. We rarely ever do. But if we deliver something so powerful, impactful and and influential to them on the front end right away, it's like that sticker shock. They want to tell people about it. I had a conversation with somebody yesterday. So I've been talking to a bunch of members um, ever since challenge, just talking to clients that work with other coaches. And uh, the the purpose of it was actually hilarious. So shout out to Tiffany, if you listen to this, but the, the purpose of the call is for me to coach them. It's like, what do you want to work on? Personal development. And it's usually a lot of me talking because I'm giving them advice and I'm giving them strategies, right? For their personal development in their life. I barely said anything. She was, One, she didn't really need much help, but she was like, I'm floored at how amazing this is. And yeah, it's Trevor's client. Mm. Dude, she was like, I've told my girlfriends, I've told everybody, like the way he did this, the way he did this, the way he explained this, the way he like ignores this and focuses on this. Like it was just thing after thing. And I'm just listening like, holy shit, this is amazing. I wrote an email about it and Trevor hit me up. He was so stoked. But it's, uh, but she just started. She just started. Exactly what she wanted. Exactly what she wanted. And we over-delivered value on the front end. Like, and that is, it, it's not what we deliver necessarily, 
although I do think we deliver a pretty good product, it's how we do it. It's yeah. the art of coaching, yeah. you know, and that's, that's cause you can, I mean, dude, you can go online, you can hire a business coach, you can figure out exactly how to calculate macros, how to deliver it, like what, how to make a cool PDF and shit like that. Cool. I don't give a fuck about that. Nobody is like, Hey, I really recommend this nutrition coach company cause their PDFs are so cool looking. Yeah. They don't. We want them to look cool because it's professionalism mm-hmm. and it makes it easier to read how it's delivered to them. And to an extent, I think too, like part of that is honestly how the, the PDF is laid out because if you can't read it or if it's like all scattered, it's a bad look. It's a bad look. And it's hard for them to try to like pull the information out or if it's not in the right sequence, how are they supposed to learn things or understand things in the right order? Um, Cause we even lay it out in the order of importance as far as like, you know, like, okay, calories come first then macros and then, you know, uh, composition of calories and meal timing and then foundational guidelines for health and then supplements are at the bottom. Like it's laid out in an order of importance, whether they realize it or not. But all of this goes into the idea of how are we delivering the plan to the client? So it's the art of coaching. I think that's the best way to put it. Totally. So focus on the how, not near, I mean, you still got to focus on the what, but focus on the how just as much as you focus on the what. Totally. All right, great, great uh, question. Great question, <laughs> Max. Um, let's go to next question. Will come from Curfew Baby. Uh, I lost ninety-seven pounds, but have noticed some weight that that is coming back. Remind me to keep going. Needs motivation. Yeah, love it. Um. Keep going. <laughs> Why not? Why would you not keep going? I mean, that's, I think that's all I have to say, mm-hmm. right? Like, I mean, at the end of the day, if you've gotten this far, 97 pounds, that's pretty fucking impressive. 97 pounds is a lot of fucking weight, dude. Yeah. That's a little human. Good fucking job. Like, that's that a hard. Of, yeah. That is not easy. 30 pounds is hard. Yeah. That's three times more than that. More than that. Wow. So, I mean, (laughs) I think the most powerful question is why not? Like, why would you not do it? I mean, at the end of the day, you've gotten this far. You know you want to get further. You know you can get further because if you've got this far, there is nothing you can't do, really. From a health and fitness perspective, you have proven that there is nothing that you cannot do because you've lost 97 pounds, and that takes work and willpower and discipline. And patience, fuck, and consistency. Yeah. I mean, you have all the traits. Disciplines. So give me, or yourself in this case, one good reason why you shouldn't continue. I get it. You hit a plateau. You hit a roadblock. Maybe you fell off for a little bit. Why would you not keep going? There's no good reason to not improve. And that goes for everything in life. But I mean, shit, like you're down 97. Don't stop now. Finish it out. Finish the goal. Period. Not that many people can even say they lost 97 pounds. Yeah, I absolutely agree with that. So... Set the standard even higher yeah. for yourself, for others who need inspiration, for other people listening to this who want to lose 97 pounds. You're an example. You're a role model. Um, I mean, shit, I think at the end of the day, anybody doubting themselves in anything or anybody falling off in anything, you should sit back and go, why not? Because there's, you know, there's, there's two things you can do. You cannot and go nowhere, or you can try, and you might still get nowhere, yeah. but at least you fucking tried. Yeah. And now you won't regret not trying. And you'll probably learn something from the process, you know? So if <laughs> I had another conversation that related to this today and it was the same idea, but it was more around like body image and, and self doubt and stuff like that. And it's like, 
here's some tactics. And their feedback was, I know, like I've heard that, but it's hard. It's, it's easier said than done. And it's kind of like this whole affirmation thing, right? Like say affirmations about yourself, talk yourself up. I am successful. I am worthy. I am enough. I am beautiful. I am smart, whatever you need. If you don't believe those, it's really hard to get anything out of those. Totally. Right. If you think you're an idiot, if you think you're unworthy, if you don't think you're capable of success and you're writing down, I am successful, you're not just going to be like, boom, oh shit, it makes sense now. I'm successful. I'm worthy of it. No, in your mind, you go, this is stupid. I don't believe that. I guess it's a lie. This is a dumb exercise. You know what I mean? So a lot of times you have to, one, you have to repeat that shit over and over and over again. But in order to repeat that over and over again, you have to ask yourself, why not? Because you can either, A, say, this is stupid. I'm not going to do it anymore. Or you can try to do it and it might work. It might not, but it might. But, but you're trying. You're trying. Yeah. And might work. is better than not working at all. Totally. Right? Um, or even trying to find out if it's going to work or not exactly and then if it's not you got to find other reasons why it wouldn't be why don't you believe those things right and like this is a really good tip i gave her and it was it was cool because i kind of read her mind with it but um i was like you probably deflect a lot of compliments right she's like yeah it's me i was like okay well stop next time somebody gives you a compliment thank them yeah tell them you agree she's like well that's hard that's hard for me i was like i know it is but number one if you tell that person no. They're like, hey, your hair looks great. And you're like, oh, no, I don't like it. It's all messed up. They didn't do it how I wanted to. Number one, you're calling that person a liar. Yeah. They're not going to give you compliments anymore because you don't appreciate their compliments, which in their mind subconsciously, you don't appreciate them. You're actually putting them down. They're going to be less likely to give other people compliments or be outgoing and outspoken because they get shut down by you every time they try to be outspoken and give an opinion. So you're actually like pushing them down and their insecurity further by ignoring their compliment. But add to that... You're just fueling the lie in your head that you're not worthy, that you're not that, you're not good enough. So when you say those affirmations, they don't fucking work because you're constantly telling yourself and everybody around you that you're not. So the first step is accept a compliment. Say, thank you. I fucking love my hair. Turned out great. Some people will be like, oh shit, okay. Great, good for you. (laughs) Awesome. But Wasn't expecting that. Yeah, but more than likely they'll say thanks because if you ever, like, I mean, you've probably gone up to somebody and be like, hey, dude, like that looks dope. They're like, dude, thanks. I worked super hard on this. Yeah. You never go, cocky asshole. Yeah. Like you go, fuck yeah, that's dope. Totally. Right? But if they go, no, man, this it's not turned out good, whatever, you're kind of like, dude, chill the fuck out. Like, giving you a compliment. Like, I think it looks sick. Like, take it, you know? And that stuff bleeds onto other people. It bleeds onto yourself. You have to be able to accept compliments so you can give compliments and then change the affirmation that you're saying about yourself. Um, and that's ultimately, I mean, it, it, it's ranting aside from the, the why not thing or the, the 97 pounds, but all of this stuff fuels self-belief and self-belief is what's going to help you get back on the, the train, get back on the wagon, continue when you stop continuing, period. Part of it is ego too. Like you almost have to fuel your ego a little bit, yeah. which sounds bad. Um, but I heard somebody talking about this. I think it was Jocko Willink, but he said there's, there's confidence, there's ego, and then there's uh, arrogance. Ego is not bad. People think it's bad. It's not bad. If you're going to be successful, you have to have ego. If, you, if you're arrogant, you're just an asshole. Because arrogance is an ego that has gone to the point where you will always be right. You will always be a winner. You will always be the best, even if you can't back up only, what you're saying. Only care about yourself. Only care about yourself. You're arrogant. Yep. And you think you're the shit. And you might not even be the shit or be able to back it up. It's, like, it's basically like saying it because you need that like pep in your step. Ego is being so confident about something that you're loud about it. Realistically. And I was like, that's, I mean, that's a good point. Because confidence can be confident but quiet. You're not confident enough to speak it out loud right? You're confident. Like I can do it. But ego is like, man, I, I own this shit. Yeah. And I'll tell everybody because that just gives me more accountability to be successful with it. Now 
you can still be egotistical and it could be a bad thing. Don't get me wrong. But I love the way he framed that. And it could even just be like confidence and extreme confidence. Yeah. But I think that like you kind of have to talk yourself up because people who have issues with affirmations, they're afraid to talk themselves up because they think it's egotistical. They don't think they're worthy. Fucking talk yourself up. Do a gratitude. Like uh, oh, yeah. Serena Poon had this on our podcast. Great, great information or great advice. Uh, the gratitude journal. Instead of me going, and I do this, but like, I'm grateful for Travis because his hard work in the office and blah, blah, blah. And like, I'm detailing out what you do. You should do that because you got to appreciate the people around you. But every once in a while, right, I'm grateful for my yeah. blank. That was dope. And use something that other people say about you. Because if you have issues accepting compliments or you have issues with self-belief, think about what other people tell you that they appreciate about you. Write it about yourself. Use an outside source mm-hmm. of compliments. Write down their opinion yeah. in your own words. Yeah. So if somebody... And I've done this too when I'm not motivated or I'm like when I feel self-doubt or when I have mornings that I'm just like not into it. All right. I'm grateful for my ability to always take action and confidently speak up and blah, 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 because people have told me that. And whether I believe it or not is irrelevant at time, but I'm going to write it down until I do believe it. Yeah. Because then guess what? I'm able to have more tenacity and take more action and I'm going to have more confidence speaking up and that's going to fuel my goals. Yeah. So when, when does uh, ego or being egotistical turn into arrogance he framed it as when you're unable to back it up right so so imagine this like i'm talking mad shit because i'm so confident something and then i get i lose in a competition setting me and you are going after something i'm talking up i'm saying i'm the shit i'm doing stuff and i lose okay conor mcgregor mcgregor like totally he was talking mad shit and when he won it was like i mean kept going he got the chops to back it up and then he lost and it was like that guy's an asshole yeah you okay, know what I mean? but in a, in not, Jake, Jake versus Mayweather, or is it is it Jake, Paul? Fucking There's Logan. Bro, is Logan. it Logan that fought him? Yeah, he's an asshole. God, because man. Mayweather won. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, but but not in a competition setting. Yeah. Say you're you, you have to be ego egotistical uh, in a entrepreneur or a business. Mm-hmm. You know, you gotta tell yourself. Yeah. But when does that turn into arrogance? Because you say you have to be loud about it. You have to be, that's what arrogance is, being loud about your confidence. I would say but that it, it becomes... I might be wrong. I'm just wondering about that. No, I think, I think yeah. that's a good way of explaining it. I think I, I would say, and I think some people can listen to this and be like, no, you're wrong. Yeah. You can be, ego's not good. And that's a, it's an opinion-based thing. Totally. In my opinion, I think it becomes arrogance when it's so loud that you're not giving others a chance to speak. Okay. I like that. That would be my way of like thinking that. of it. Because... If I'm being so loud that it's ignorant, I'm being so loud that it's shutting people down or it's causing negativity on other there people, we go. then it's an issue. But if, if it's ego for me and it's my ego is such loud confidence that it, it allows other people to speak. It gives people confidence totally. to do it themselves. Totally. It inspires other people. That's great. Perfect answer. That's great. Arrogance is when Ta- it's... it's kind of like when you say, speak it out into the existence. Mm-hmm. Speak it out into the world. Yeah. You're not speaking it out in a negative manner yeah you know well, and think or about creating it. negativity if i'm claiming something on the podcast or to the team or to my wife or to anybody where i'm i'm saying things like i'm gonna do this i'm going to make this happen and it's like a lofty goal you gotta have some ego to be able to yeah, do that yeah you know what i mean yeah but it doesn't hurt anybody yeah it only boosts me up now i'm it, speaking existence i am gonna do this because i'm the best but i'm also not saying you're the worst yeah exactly yeah i believe in myself so much that i i'm i'm easily going to talk about this out loud because now I know I'm going to make it happen. And And it's almost like that accountability when you say it out loud is, is, is important. It's powerful. But also if you have that kind of mindset, 
you're more likely to do it because you're like, I'm going to fucking show you. Yeah. Even if they're like, okay, dude, like I believe you. Totally. You're like, I'm going to show you. Yeah. Like that, that's my motive. Yep. There's a little bit of ego involved there because my ego wants to win so I can show you. Yeah. Right. I had a, I, I was talking to somebody about this too, where it's like, uh, I've had a lot of good conversations with members lately, but, um, where they had a chip on their shoulder. Right. And it was kind of like people doubted me and that's what fueled me. But I, I feel like I can't rely on that fuel. And I was like, hey, like, I get it. You know, when I wanted to lose weight, it was like out of nowhere. People kind of laughed. I did it. When I said I was going to build this business, people laughed. They didn't think I could do it. I did it. When I want to change my degree, you shouldn't do it. I did it. I, there was a lot of things in my career that it was like naysayers were fueling me because it was like my ego and chip on my shoulder like, hey, motherfucker, gonna I'm going to do it just to show you. Yep. But at a certain point, when you prove people wrong enough, Nobody doubts you, yeah. you know, and that's, again, not something to impress people, but just to impress upon you. I stick to my word. And so if I go, I'm going to do this and I'm like waiting for them to be like, no, you're not. And I need that to fuel me. That's an issue when they go, I believe you, dude, you set goals and you get it done. And I'm like, fuck, you know, so you have to care about proving yourself right more than you care about proving them wrong. Right. And I think that's another part of ego and arrogance. Right. I love proving people wrong, but I don't rely on that. I rely on proving myself right. And proving the people in my life who believe in me, right? Right? Like when I say I'm going to do something and you're like, I don't doubt you. I, like it fuels me more because I'm like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it because I know you believe in me and I know I believe in me. But if I was only relying on the chip on my shoulder, that would be an issue. It, you burn out. You know, that's, yep. a, that's, a, that's a fuel that runs out after yep. a while. Um, Gets exhausting. Yeah. Yeah. And, and when the second somebody, and this happened to me, I remember like this, the second somebody's like, hell yeah, dude, do it. And you're like, are you? You think I will? <laughs> You're not doubting me anymore? <laughs> Can you just tell me that I'm I not, won't? Yeah. <laughs> but. Damn, that's funny. Yeah. And I think that, I mean, there's levels to it, you know, but I really like the way he broke down that uh, confidence, ego, and ar- arrogance, yep. you know, because he's, he's a great leader, but he's clearly yeah. confident. I love the, it just, when it, when it boils over to creating negativity. Yeah. I love it. That's arrogance. Yeah. All right, cool. We got a couple more here. Um, we got one from Jamie Milliman says, so I'm going on a month-long work trip to Germany in December. The hotels we stay at usually have gyms, but due to COVID, I think they are still closed. Do you have recommendations for an advanced lifter not to completely atrophy? Atrophy. Atrophy. Muscle atrophy. So lose muscle. Um, Are there more? Yep. Have you seen, like, portable travel lifting gear, been lifting for 10 years and track macros religiously, currently lift five days a week and have 15,000 steps a day? I'm afraid I'm going to lose a ton of fat. Yeah, so this is uh, gain a ton of fat. This is actually the perfect question to be a segue to our Legion ad that we're supposed to do on every podcast. Uh, because I think one of the things that people forget about a lot is actually just protein consumption with travel. A lot of times people go, all right, I'm going on travel. Yes, you got to train, and I'll get to what I would do there. But a lot of times people go like, you know what, I'm going to train, I'm going to exercise, but I'm just going to like, I'm not going to track, I'm just going to have intuitive, which is great, you should. But every time you just... When you're traveling, you're eating out a lot and stuff, your protein intake tanks. It's hard to eat enough protein when you're traveling if you don't plan ahead. Yeah. It really is. Like that's why I bring beef jerky, protein bars, and protein powder every time I travel. Totally. Um, I you bring greens drink as well. Uh, but the reason I'm bringing that up too is because when we talk about muscle atrophy, there's there's the main thing we're trying to make sure we maintain is muscle protein synthesis, right? And which helps avoid muscle protein breakdown, both of which are gonna promote less atrophy and more muscle growth. But if you're going on travel, we're not expecting to gain muscle. So if we want to avoid too much muscle protein breakdown to in by increasing muscle protein synthesis, we need protein. Strength training increases MPS. So does 
protein consumption. People forget about that. So, uh, and the reason I said this is a perfect segue, Legion obviously sells protein powder. Um, that's who this podcast is sponsored by. I'm going to bring them up right now because it's just an easy way to, yeah. to bring in the ad. But essentially, uh, they're the sponsor of this podcast, guys, so you can save 20% on anything you buy from them. Uh, after your first purchase, you will get points, and they add up quick because I get people all the time tell me they're getting free products from Legion. It's actually really cool because- Sick. At the end of the day, everybody listen to this. If you start drinking protein, if you're taking multivitamins, if you're taking fish oil, there's two things that are going to be for sure. Number one, you want a good quality. If you don't have good quality, you don't know what you're getting. Mm-hmm. You know, you can have protein that is amino spiked. You can have creatine that is sodium spiked. You can have fish oil that's already gone rancid. Avoid all that shit and just spend a little bit more because Legion's not the cheapest company. Yeah. But it's actually high quality. And the reason I love them is because if you go to their website, they're not going to bullshit you. They straight up say, you don't need supplements. But if you're going to supplement, do it the right fucking way. They don't say fuck, but do it the right way. Yeah. And, uh, and I love that transparency. Um, so go over to buylegion.com slash boom boom. You can see my favorite products. You can enter the promo code boom boom, save 20%. Or if you've already saved 20% because you've used my code, you'll start earning points. Um, and the other thing that's in common with this besides quality is that you're going to use it again, right? Everybody wants quality. And once you use whey protein, I mean, you're going to keep using whey protein. You got to keep taking fish oil. You got to keep taking creatine. So when you keep purchasing, you end up getting points. And then after a while, you just start getting free shit. So you won't pay for all your supplements because you earn points. And their point system is really dope to where you actually earn more than you realize. I've earned a ton of points that I didn't realize. And I was able to get hooked up really well because I was like, oh, shit, these have been stocking up. Um, so first and foremost, when you're traveling, make sure you're bringing good quality supplements with you. Um, again, Legion is our go-to. Obviously, they sponsor the team. They sponsor the podcast. I've been friends with Mike for a while, and I've been using their products for years, even before we were sponsored with them. Bring your whey protein. I would consume that, honestly, probably like two scoops a day. It's just smart. Be like, okay, take a 50-gram shake. It's just going to help you easily hit your protein. And then also, it's going to help with satiety so you don't overeat high fats, high carbs, and come back lethargic, bloated, and a little bit overweight from splurging too much on your trip. Um, and then of course it's going to spike muscle protein synthesis to help that breakdown and atrophy. The other thing I would do is I wouldn't worry about fancy shit. If you're traveling, she said she's traveling for, um, and then she said Germany, but she said two weeks, uh, a month, a month. Okay. So even a month isn't that long as long as you're active, you need about 50% of total volume to maintain the muscle you have, even as an advanced lifter, which realistically is just not that much work. It's really not that much. So knowing that, it's really, really comforting because you can go on vacation and just do some body weight workouts. You can do some chin-ups. You can do some push-ups, some air squats, some split squats, some walking lunges, some hip thrusts. You can just do a body weight circuit four or five days a week, and you can get it done in 30 to 45 minutes, and you'll maintain all your muscle. If you're taking the protein and eating enough protein while you're gone and you're ensuring, and I would say if you're keep taking creatine as well. So if you, if you get the Legion recover, which is a post-workout, just take it any time, take the creatine throughout too, because that's going to help keep, uh, muscle maintenance as well. Um, but just do simple shit. You don't have to do anything crazy. I don't have any travel. There's like these like travel sandbags and backpacks and all these kind of crazy shit you can bring. I bring a band with me. Yeah. I literally like, and sometimes I don't bring anything. You know, if, if it's a short trip, like next week, we'll be in Dallas for four days. I'm not gonna bring anything. Four days off the gym is just going to help me crush it the next week so it's yeah. like that's fine um might wake up and do some push-ups get a walk in yeah that's yep. it but um and that's more for mental honestly yeah. than anything but i think if you're going for a month and you want to maintain muscle and be sure of it bring a band with you do some pull apart some curls some push downs some lateral raises some air squats split squats um 
pistol squats, like anything you can do it to intensify it. And you can do literally half the volume. So if you really want to get nitty gritty about this, look at your current program and count the sets per muscle group per week, divide that in half and just make sure you hit each muscle group that often uh, from a sets perspective. And then just take your effort to an eight, nine or 10 RPE, which means like if you do a barbell back squat with 200 pounds for eight reps, and that's an RPE of nine, then you probably got to do a body weight Bulgarian split squat for sets of 25 per leg to reach that same level of effort, you're going to be totally fine. Yeah. It's not 200 pounds in your back, but it's a unilateral. You're elevated and you're doing 25 reps. If you take it to that close, that near to failure place, you'll be fine. You get the same benefit. Totally. So that would be my advice. Totally. All right. That's the last question for today. Um, that was some good questions. We will have more for next week's. Yeah. Quick reminder, guys. Last chance. Go leave us a five-star rating and review so I can get you a journal. It is dope, and I want to send it out to you. Later. Oh,